Welcome to the Shalom Hartman Institute podcast. I'm Alan Abbey. The Hartman Institute is a center of transformative thinking and teaching. We address the major challenges facing the Jewish people and elevate the quality of Jewish life in Israel and around the world. Now is the time to consider attending a study retreat with us this summer. Our programs for community leaders and rabbis have been running for decades. For details on seminars in Israel and North America, go to hartman.org.il. And now, Ruth Gavison, a guest speaker at the Institute. Her lecture is titled, The Jewish People and the State of Israel. I think that uh, the subject I was uh, given today is a very intriguing subject. Uh, two entities, the state of Israel and the Jewish people, and uh, 45 minutes, and you're supposed to say something meaningful and out of the box about these two very uh, complex entities and, presumably, on the relationship uh, among them. And I think, and I think uh, this is an important period in which to try and uh, discuss these issues. And I'm looking at this as really a conversation rather than as a, a lecture, because I would like to make some opening remarks and then uh, maybe have uh, a beginning of a conversation. Because I think there are uh, doubts growing, both in Israel and among Jews, in Israel and outside of Israel, about the meaning of these ideas and their compatibility. And I think it's very important not to try to sweep these difficulties under the carpet, because my, our ability to deal with the issues, which are complex, I think our ability to deal with the issues requires that we look at them soberly and <coughs> without, you know, equivocation. I think Israel, in a way, is simpler, because Israel is a state, and there are many states in the world, and Israel is a unique state, each state is unique in its own way, but Israel is a political entity. Now, Israel is the only place in the world in which there is a Jewish majority, in which public culture is Jewish, in which Hebrew could be revived and became the language of everyone. I uh, console myself sometimes uh, that Israelis now, unlike Israelis a generation ago or two generations ago, uh, two generations ago, Jews who came to Israel knew all the languages of the world. And when Israelis were fighting to get uh, the United Nations uh, decide the petition decision on November 29, 1947, they could find people who were born in all the countries of the world and knew the languages and the cultures of all the countries in the world and they sent them to those countries in order to try and argue with their leaders that they should support the establishment of a Jewish state in at least part of Eretz Israel. Today, unfortunately, we are not so uh, blessed. And sometimes uh, there are problems because people go and are sent diplomatic missions in European countries, and they don't know the languages of those places. It happens to Americans too, but 
in any event, in any event, I console myself that the fact that Israelis now don't have so many languages is because of the magnificent fact that Hebrew, that was a Lejeune Kodesh for so many years, was revived in this country and became the hegemonic language of everyone. So much so that many people know only Hebrew and have a very difficult time trying to master another language. Okay, so Israel is a state. There is a Jewish majority here, a Jewish culture. The calendar is Jewish. These are very important things, and these are part of the things that made Zionists want to have a Jewish state. But in Israel, there are many non-Jews, and there are many Jews who don't live in Israel. And some of the Jews who don't live in Israel don't want to live in Israel. Some of them are not even Zionists in the very limited sense that they think that it's a good idea to have a Jewish state. And they think that maybe it's a better idea for Jews to just assimilate and integrate within their various host countries. And this is a very, very significant feature about the Jewish people, which is the second entity we are talking about. Because the Jewish people is a collective that is many, many, many years old. And one of the interesting things about the Jewish people is that it developed from within it a movement that wanted to reestablish Jewish political independence in Eretz Israel. But this was a minority movement within Judaism. And Zionism was interested in the problems of Jews and Judaism, but Zionism was one way to respond to issues of Jews and Judaism, and issues of Jews and Judaism to this day cannot be exhausted to the issues of political independence in Eretz Israel. So what do we do about this complexity? And there are some tendencies that are very important. One tendency is to say that the more important entity is the Jewish people. The Jewish people is the locus of Jewish identity of various sorts. It can be practiced in Israel, it can be practiced in many other places. And there is a debate within the Jewish people about what Jewish identity is. Is it just a religion? Is it a religion cum national identity or cultural identity? Is it just cultural identity which is viable without religion? Now this is a very, very deep internal debate within Judaism. And I think it's very important to see that the debate became different in the last 200 years. Because until 200 years ago, it was quite clear that religion, whether or not religion is also peoplehood, religion is what preserved the Jewish people. Because Jewish people is one, maybe the only people that survived thousands of years without a territory, a language, and a shared history. And the only thing that made Jews persist was the fact that they adhered 
to the same religion. They felt members of a single community of faith. Now, it, people converted, people left the Jewish people and the Jewish religion, but those who left the Jewish religion very, very quickly left the Jewish people as well. So the unity of religion and peoplehood was quite profound. This changed 200 years ago with the forces of secularization and emancipation in Europe and other parts of the world. And the question started to be, can we be Jewish without being orthodox or observant? And the question is still with us to this very day in a variety of ways. This means that today the challenge of the Jewish people is a complex challenge because it used to be the case that in order to maintain the Jewish people you needed to maintain the unity of Torah and peoplehood. But today there clearly is a very robust form of Judaism that is religious and observant and Orthodox or other forms of religious Judaism, but there are Jews who do not observe. Some of them, many of them, want to remain Jewish. And they raise the question of A, what is being Jewish today? And B, how do we transmit Judaism? And why do we think it's valuable to transmit Judaism? And this is a very, very important challenge for Jews, especially, of course, for non-Orthodox Jews. Because for Orthodox Jews, the answers to why be Jewish and how we transmit Judaism are quite clear. But for people who are not observant and do not have congregations, the question is much more difficult. Now, Israel is the culmination of a process of thinking about these issues. Because Zionism, will kind of recall, uh, uh, came about because of two main uh, pressures. One was persecution. I mean, Jews were persecuted in, throughout their history. And when Jews were persecuted, usually all Jews were persecuted. Orthodox and non-Orthodox, emancipated and not emancipated. So you wanted a place that will be a retreat for Jews. You wanted to solve the problem of the Jews. But Zionism was also an attempt to, to solve the problem or deal with the problem of Judaism. Judaism meeting with Haskalah, meeting with emancipation, meeting with secularization. And the kind of interest in Jewish identity that is not necessarily religious and the kind of interest in the maintenance of Jewish identity when it's not a matter of persecution became a very central force within Judaism. However, this problem of maintaining a Jewish identity that is not necessarily orthodox is a problem today in many parts of the world that are not involved with any form of persecution of Jews. So when we ask the question, how do we structure the prospect of the Jewish people, we need to deal with the question of the identity of Jews and the value of belonging 
to Judaism and the Jewish people even in ways that are not necessarily only religious or only orthodox. And this means that our conception of the Jewish people must be inclusive because Jews are a small people and if they want to help different parts of the Jewish people to maintain their Jewish identities, they must transcend trends of Judaism and maintain one feeling of solidarity, not unity. It's not going to be unity, but it's going to involve a sense of solidarity. The Jewish people is going to survive, probably, even if Israel were not established or if Israel will, God forbid, disappear. But Israel exists. And another important question, Israel now is the home for the largest, or at least the strongest, Jewish community in the world. And Israel is a Jewish community that is growing, and that is very vital, and is very varied. And there are forms of Jewish creativity in Israel that are unparalleled in other Jewish communities. And the question of Israel and the Jewish people is, what is the relationship between the state of Israel, the Jewish state, and the Jewish people? Now, some people want to say, Israel is a state, it should be Israeli. Historically, maybe it's connected to the Jewish people, but now the interest of Israel should be in its citizens. Yes, Israel should be Jewish, in a sense, it has a Jewish majority, it should maintain the Jewish majority, the language, the culture. But the life of Israel is the life of Jews in Israel. Other people in the diaspora sometimes say almost the opposite. The Israelis are not even Jews. I mean, some of them are Jews, they're Orthodox, but the non-Orthodox Jews, uh, Israelis, not, I mean, they are Israelis. They don't feel, they don't know, they're ignorant about Judaism, they don't care about Judaism, they feel that they are coerced and they want to forget religion, they forget religion and they forget their sources. We are the place where real Judaism is maintained. And some of these people are critical of Israel because of policies from the left, some of these people are critical of Israel because of policies from the right, but anyway they say we do not want to connect, to tie the future of the Jewish people with Israel. And my claim is that despite the fact that there are important differences between Israel as a state and the Jewish people, and despite the fact that I share the feeling that the Jewish people is the primary entity, that in a way the justification for Israel is connected to the Jewish people and not vice versa. I think that it's very important, I think, for all Jews, Zionists and not Zionists alike, and for all Israeli Jews, religious and not religious alike, to understand that the affinity between the Jewish state Jewish independence in Israel and the prospects of the Jewish people in the 21st century are closely, intimately connected. And therefore, a person who is interested in the future of the Jewish people 
must be very interested in Israel. And the person who is interested in the welfare of Israel must, cannot afford to neglect the deep and varied connections between Israel and the Jewish people. I'll do this very, very quickly. I'll just draw a skeleton of an argument and uh, we'll see uh, where uh, we're going to take it from there. Okay. The argument that says that Israel should sever itself from the Jewish people seems to be a powerful argument. It's the Canaanite or something like that. And it says something like that. I mean, some, some spokes like Aleph Bet Yoshua uh, uh, joined this trend. And they say something like that. Yes, historically the forces that created the Jewish state were interest in the future of the Jewish people, a place of refuge for Jews, and a revival of Jewish independence as a way of a full, complete, integrated Jewish identity. Creation of a place in the world in which Jews are not only Jews in their homes and have to be English, American, Germans when they go out. A place in which citizenship and civic and republican virtue is Jewish. A place in which you accept responsibility as Jews, not only for your private lives and for your interactions with other people, but also for the way you run a political community. The responsibility you take for Jews of various sorts and for non-Jews who live with you. All of this is, a, is an ideal. So, all of this is conceded, but now that we do have the state, the main commitment of the state must be to its population. Its population, Jewish and non-Jewish alike, is more important and more critical to the notion of the state than the Jewish people. Now, there is an important sense in which a state is a state of all its citizens. It's true that citizens have obligations towards their states irrespective of their religious or national identity, and states have obligations towards all their citizens, equal obligations towards all their citizens irrespective of their religion or national origin. So I'm not one of those who says that Israel is a Jewish state, is a state that has preferences or inbuilt discrimination in favor of Jews in the state of Israel. Not at all. Nonetheless, if you want to claim that the raison d'etre of Israel is the welfare of all its citizens, I think you undermine not only the historical story, but the only basis that we have for the justification of the continued existence of Israel, of Israel period, but definitely of Israel as a Jewish state. Because the reason that the international community and the Zionist movement worked towards establishment of a Jewish state in Israel was the need to give political independence to Jews, to members of the Jewish people who did not have that kind of an opportunity anywhere in the world. The inspiration for the movement, the choice of the location, the decision that it's going to be Eretz Israel and not Uganda, and not Rafiach and not Birobijan, the choice of this place 
is justified as against the arguments of the Palestinians and the Arabs that the Jews dispossessed them from their homeland, it's only justified because the land of Israel is the only place where Jews had political independence. They don't have any political independence anywhere else. And this is, in a deep sense, their homeland. It's their homeland not because there are a majority of Jews living now in this territory. It's their homeland because of the historical connections that created this place as the realm of longings and prayers of Jews throughout their history. Okay. So the state of Israel cannot afford to sever the ties between its existence as a modern state and Jewish identity. It's not only that it's very useful for Israel to have lobbies and people who help it outside. It's the question of identity and legitimacy that are at stake here. Because if Israel cannot invoke the historical connections and the fact that Jews suffered among the nations and did not have any other place that is their land. And this is why Jews are not colonialists or crusaders in this country. This is why this is the homeland of the Jews. This is why this is a Jewish state. So that side of the equation, I think, is built on either short-sightedness or something very superficial because it creates an Israeli identity which is very young, it's very new, and throws away the history and the power of the main inspiration and motivation for there to be a Jewish state, which is the idea that Jews would like to live in a place where they know that their past is connected to this place and the future is built in this place in the, in the present and they would like to go on uh, into the future to make themselves part of a history. Now we come to the other side. There are complaints among some Jews in the uh, diaspora, in other parts, that Israel has become something that is pretty alien to the Jewish people. There is what some people called statism. There is a centrality of Israel and there is a claim or a demand that Jewish identity outside Israel will be exhausted by Israel. And Jews outside of Israel should fight against this tendency and create an autonomy, a, a, an idea that a Jewish existence in other places is legitimate, important, and viable. I totally agree that Jewish existence outside of Israel is viable, important, legitimate, everything. But that's not the issue here. The issue here is also not whether Jews out of Israel agree with the policies of Israel or not. I mean, many people within Israel, Jews and non-Jews, disagree with the politics of their government. This is not the point. I think the only point is the acceptance by Jews outside of Israel that at least a part of the struggle here 
is not about the occupation and it's not about equal rights to all and it's not about the orthodox monopoly over marriage and divorce and, and is this a Jewish theocracy. The real point here is about the question of whether Jews are accepted in the world as not only a religion but also a people that is entitled like any other people to have one place in the world which they can call home, which they can call their place. You don't have to choose to live in that place to appreciate the revolutionary importance of there being a place like that in the world. And I think that this is something that must be understood and treasured by Jews all over the world, including Jews who are not only non-Zionist, but including Jews who are anti-Zionist. Because part of the question about Jewish identity is about voluntarism. I mean, are we born to be Jews? Is it a fate to be Jewish? Or is it a choice to be Jewish? I happen to think that it's a combination. I think it's not voluntary. Obviously, I mean, uh, people can change identity, but it's very, very difficult. I think Judaism in a, long, a large part is a, an identity feature that is imminent. But I think there is an element of choice in Israel and in other places. And the element of choice is in the decision each individual makes of how important the Jewish element is going to be in their life. The Jewish people is going to survive only if many Jews feel that being Jewish and wanting their children to be Jewish is very important to them. It's not going to survive if that's not going to be the case. And if we want many Jews to feel that this is the case for them, I think that engaging Israel is critical. And I'll say uh, very shortly why I think uh, that is the case. You heard that there is this debate about whether Israel can be Jewish and democratic. And some people say, no, 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 it can't be. It's a conceptual matter, both Jewish and democratic, and therefore it must choose either being a democratic country or a Jewish country. And some people say, no, 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 it can be, and we're going to talk about it and see why it can be. For Jews in Israel, the majority of Jews in Israel thinks that, yes, Israel can be both Jewish and democratic, and in fact, it is both Jewish and democratic. It needs to be improved, and you need to work at it, but it can be. In a way, this is because, for Jews in Israel, the Jewishness of the state is ethnic. Israel is defined as a Jewish state not because Israel is a theocracy, because Israel is not a theocracy. Israel is defined as a Jewish state because in Israel, the Jewish people and those who choose to live here can exercise their right, the right collectively recognized by international law to self-determination, to live in a place in which you control your culture and your future in terms of your own cultural resources and political resources. But for people who don't live in Israel, 
Now, and this is why Israel has created a unique place in which to experiment with non-Orthodox Jewish identities. Because the Jewishness of Israel is not defined as religious. There is obviously a very important historical element of religion in the culture, but the definition of the identity of the state is not necessarily religious. Whereas for many Jews outside of Israel, this is a very important and critical issue. And I think part of the problem of this issue interferes with the ability of many Jews to come seriously to terms with their Jewish identity, with their citizenship in another country, and with their feeling about Israel. Why is that so? Because in America and Canada, the structure of the political community is what we call civic and the neutral. The idea is that you are citizens, you are all equal citizens, we celebrate pluralism, we celebrate many cultures. Americanism or Canadianism is what we share and we allow everyone to do what they do, but in England, we, in America, we have a separation of state and church, but we privatize all the non-civic identities of people. So America cannot be Christian and democratic. It can be American and democratic, American in a civic sense, not in an ethnic, cultural, particularistic sense. So when an American Jew is asked about, can Israel be Jewish and democratic, the American Jew is perplexed. He says, it can be Jewish and democratic, like Christian and democratic, but then it doesn't have separation, it's not liberal, and we have a problem. But how can it be both Jewish and democratic? I mean, we know that you, you can't be Christian and democratic or Muslim and democratic. In order to be democratic, you need to be civic. You need to be neutral. But if there, we are saying, no, 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 there is another sense of Jewishness that is the issue here. It's not. But this other sense of Jewishness is also quite troubling because this other sense of Jewishness, the nation, the ethnic, may create problems of, you know, who am I? Am I an American or a Jew? An American Jew? In what sense am I an American Jew? Am I an American Jew because Judaism is my religion? And what do I do when I'm not religious, but still I want to be Jewish? I want to you know, express my Judaism. I think here Israel and some sophistication about thinking about Israel and the history of nation states gives people all over the world, Jews who want to remain Jewish, and it doesn't matter if they're orthodox or religious or not, because within religion too, the peoplehood religion element exists and may be problematic. So I think what Israel allows Jews outside of Israel to say is extremely meaningful to Jews who want to remain Jewish. Because it says that, yes, we are like many, many other peoples. We can live wherever you want to live. And we are loyal citizens of our countries of residence. But there is an element, a cultural element, in our identity that is extremely important to us. We want to maintain it, we want to transmit it, we want to celebrate it, 
We want the freedom to not necessarily buy whatever this or that government does, but to say, yes, this is for me a place of emotional, intellectual, and identity affiliation that is extremely profound. And I think this is why Israel needs the Jewish people, and the Jewish people needs the experiment that is Israel. One last thing. Israel is a state, and I think it's a democracy, it should be a democracy. And when I say that Israel is a democracy, democracy primarily means that there are rules in the country of making decisions. And each country that is democratic has those rules. And one of the interesting things that happen between Jews who are not Israelis and the part of the Jewish people that are Israelis is, I think, the appreciation of the fact that as Americans participate in the democratic decision-making of America and think that it's their right and obligation as citizens to do that and that is part of their American citizenship, they would not like other states to interfere with their decision-making procedures in America. I think there is a very, very interesting, delicate tension here between being very involved with Israel, being very connected to Israel, feeling very strongly that decisions Israel makes are decisions that affect one's life even if one does not live in Israel, and the question of how do we interfere or affect or seek to influence the autonomy and the integrity of the democratic processes in Israel. I mean, this is something that is true for every country within the country. It's very often the case that you feel so strongly about your values that you feel that it's so obvious that your values are the right ones that people who don't share your values are not only opposing your values, they're also anti-democratic because clearly what you believe is the essence of democracy. But there is a tension here. Because democracy does mean responsiveness to the actual preferences of people, not the presumed preferences. And we need to be very aware of this tension both within our own country and even more so when we as members of a cultural group look at the country in which our people exercise the right to self-determination, I think this is an element of statehood that needs to be taken very seriously. You have been listening to Ruth Gavison, a guest speaker at the Institute. You can hear more from the Shalom Hartman Institute by subscribing to this podcast. For information about the Hartman Institute and our courses in North America and Israel, go to hartman.org.il. The Hartman Institute podcast is produced by Tony Jason. Music by Kevin McLeod. I'm Alan Abbey. Thank you for listening, and we will see you again next time.